for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up when it's Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is Saturday, August 12, 2023. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the big show. It's Saturday morning coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, everything happening in this crazy broken world that we live in here at Saturday morning coffee. We are all about a few things, limited government, lower taxes, more freedom, all the things that mean more personal liberty and freedom for you, you and me, our families, all of us who are we the people joined here in the studio this morning by our good friend, producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye, as always. Dr. Dye, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Reese. How are you this morning? I am doing well. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I know you've had yeah. some sad news on your family, uh, Glenn. You lost your dad, and I just want to yeah. extend our condolences to you and your family here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Just thank you for the hard work that you do. Thank for being, thanks for being the great guy that you are, and I know that's a tough loss. I yeah. lost my dad a couple of years ago. So just want to recognize you for your service here today and, and thank you for all you're doing. And our, our hearts have been with you and, and, uh, and our prayers go with you today as well. Thank so, you, Reese. Appreciate it very much. Um, so wanted to, wow, a lot to get to. We've actually been out of the studio for a couple of weeks, a lot in the stack to deal with here on Saturday morning coffee, a lot going on, a lot happening in the world. Um, it is a, uh, it is just a crazy world that we are living in, Glenn. We continue to see news every day about the Biden crime syndicate. The evidence keeps stacking up. And you wonder, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to this administration? What's going to happen to our president? You know, Is our, is our president ever going to be held to the same standard that Donald Trump is held to? Do we I have? I think so. But what's going to happen to our world where we are more concerned about less than 1% of the population than the other 99% of the population, having stuff just crammed down our throats because that's what they want. That's know? a very good question. That's we, a very, I assume the less than 1% is the transgender crowd that you're no, talking no, about? That, that, um, let's just go with electric vehicles for, uh, you know, I mean, interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. the transgenderness, the fact that we can't say certain words now, the, you know, our, our social properties in this country have just changed. Over the past couple of years, and it is being crammed down our throats. You know, I brought up about uh, the hybrid vehicles versus the EV vehicles. You know, why are we not embracing hybrid technology and going yeah. and running with that, where we've got both fuels to save? Who's making money? Yeah, off of EV. Yeah, I just read a story where a guy bought a hundred fifteen thousand dollar electric pickup truck and had to abandon it. You know, that's ridiculous. Abandon it? What do yeah, you mean? Uh, like he had to get rid of it. His family was on vacation. It, it died on him, and he, he said it was just a it was a ripoff. It was a scam, you know. Well, basically, I, I've told this story many times. This was last summer. My family was traveling in Montana. We were out at Yellowstone, and we were traveling. And we passed through a small town in rural Montana. We we met a couple. They were hanging out at a at a coffee shop. Imagine me yeah. checking out a coffee shop in rural Montana. By the way, what's the coffee du jour this morning? <laughs> what? 
You got any coffee this morning? Yes, yeah, really light, light roast. The light roast. Yeah, yeah. Really light. I got some of our famous, uh, our friends at One Nation Coffee have again uh, provided some wonderful caffeine for us this morning here on Saturday morning coffee. By the way, we're going to give some away. Don't let me forget. I need to get some mother of all blends. You need some Moab. Moab. Okay. You need some Moab. Mother of all. Mother blend of all blends. Moab. OneNationCoffee.com, folks. Be sure to check them out. Use the Saturday morning promo coffee. Uh, Promo code, Saturday Morning Coffee promo code. Get your 10% discount and support the work of One Nation Foundation, which uh, benefits veterans and first responders. But I'm I'm digressing. And this is the only show on TKN that has a promo code. A promo code. And, a fi- <laughs> and not only that, but an official coffee. Yeah, and we've an got official an official coffee. coffee. Yeah. So, but yes, Glenn, we're going to talk about that today. Climate change. I've got an interesting anecdote there. But we were traveling in rural Montana last summer. Met a wonderful older couple. And they were... Hanging out at a coffee shop, and I said, "Well, how long have y'all, you know, when are y'all leaving?" And and uh, she said, "We're leaving tomorrow." And I said, "Well, it's a very small town. I mean, literally like two stoplights." And I said, "Well, what are you what are you hanging out here for? Where are you headed?" And she said, "Well, we're just going to go back to the uh, hotel and, and read and catch up and 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 do some emails." And I said, "Okay." And she said, uh, "We're waiting for our car to recharge." Oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, you're doing what? Yeah. And she said, we're waiting for our car to recharge. And so in this area of Montana, they were running low on power. There were no high power recharge stations <laughs> available within range. And so they were essentially recharging their, uh, I think it was a Tesla, I'm not sure, but they were recharging their electric vehicle using a standard 120 volt outlet which at the hotel. Which is a slow charge. Which is a yeah. slow process. Yeah. So they were literally just sitting, hanging out, waiting for their car to recharge. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm, I just, we're not ready for this. This stuff has been crammed down our throats. And I, and I will, listen, I will tell you, I've got friends who have EVs for as a daily commuting vehicle. Mm-hmm. They appear to be great. I don't really want one, but they appear to be great for getting around the neighborhood, right. going to work, coming home, running to school, picking up the kids. They appear to be great options. But I tell you, look at the billions, Glenn. I think Ford lost how much in, uh, in the first year? I Five? Yeah, three to five billion. They're, yeah. So they're losing. The whole programs are being subsidized, right? Mm-hmm. But Ford is still losing money on right. these EV initiatives. And right. as you said, the trucks, I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got people that are abandoning trucks on vacation, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> well, I would think. And, and the fact that the matter is they skipped over the hybrids, which everybody that I know that owns a look at Prius when it first came out. But everybody I know that owns a hybrid loves it. Yeah. Because they've got the best of both worlds. Yeah. They're saving money on gas. The gasoline engine and the brakes and all that are charging the electric part. So you're not plugging in your vehicle at night. And why the government has just, like, not even mentioned hybrids. It's either we're all in or we're we're all in and destroy this world and country or we're not. Well, and there's so many things that they seem to be cherry picking, Glenn. And who designated these climate czars? Yeah. To tell us how to live our lives. Who designated these climate czars to tell us you can't eat meat, you must eat this synthetic nonsense grown in a lab, you can't eat the meat of a cow because the cow passes gas and it harms the environment, you can't... um, you, you can't drive a petroleum-fueled car. You can't do this. You can't do that. Don't say this. Don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Who designated these people to that's, tell us how to run every aspect of our lives? That's and, like the and when question. Did, when did that become okay? Yeah. Yeah. When, when did anybody get the right to tell us what we can and can't do? But for some reason, these people have been put on a pedestal. I just don't understand it. Th- that's why the Green New Deal and everything associated with the climate 
alarmism movement, Glenn, is so dangerous because they can use climate change as sort of an inoculator. Yeah. It, 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 it insulates anything that they want to tell you about how to run your life, even down to the, whether you eat bugs or red meat. Mm-hmm. They can justify that in their minds by... Yeah, I'm bossing you around, but I'm saving the planet. So bossing you around is okay. I read a story. Don't worry about the Constitution. I'm saving the planet. I read a story. Remember when the dust storms came from the, uh, I guess it's in Africa, and they blow across the ocean and cool the ocean temperatures? Yeah. Okay. That is a, that's a, it happens every year just about. We get these massive sandstorms, cools off the ocean. I heard the other day that by cleaning up the air, air pollution, we're actually increasing the temperature of the earth there you go so, so the I point mean, is the point is we don't know a lot right we don't know a lot there are a lot of questions that are still unanswered i got a little story i'll tell when we get to it a little climate change alarmism anecdote we'll talk about that we got a lot going on we got a little legal update we don't you know i am a lawyer day job is davis and boyd attorneys at law we do a lot of uh, estate planning do a lot of estate and trust uh, disputes and there's some interesting, we don't talk about legal stuff all the time. This is not supposed to be a legal infomercial, more of a general topical political show. But uh, we got some interesting stories in the news from the Elvis Presley estate and also from Aretha Franklin. We'll be talking about that. Victor Davis Hanson has written a great piece about the ongoing revolution that is remaking America even as we speak with the end of affirmative action and some other things. We do have a little climate change note. We're also going to be talking to Edward Dowd. Edward Dowd has written an interesting book, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. So we're going to be talking to Edward Dowd about that. He is the CEO of the One America Insurance uh, Company. And, and so we got a lot to talk about here on Saturday morning coffee. Hope you'll stick with us. All that and more coming up on the program. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Of course, we love all our sponsors, but we especially love the fine folks over at Conway Ford. They are your hometown dealer. Conway Ford is the winner of the Ford President's Award, where you'll always find friendly faces, great selection, plenty of Ford Broncos. Love the Ford Bronco. Glenn, when am I going to get that Ford Bronco I keep talking about? I know. You need to go get one. I need to go get one. Plenty of uh, plenty of selection, not just Broncos, Bronco Sports, but Mustangs, Expeditions, great F-150s, a lot to choose from on the lot. So uh, check them out. Conway Ford, your hometown dealer. It is the best buying experience in the area. They guarantee it. The Conway, buying, uh, Conway Ford buying experience is better than their competitors. Just ask them. We're so excited that they have plenty of inventory to choose from after uh, a lot of inventory struggles in the past. There's plenty to choose from. So go check them out. And uh, it's Conway Ford. As I said, it's the best buying experience around. They guarantee it on Church Street in Conway. Tell them you heard about it on Saturday Morning Coffee.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for sticking with us here on the big show. A lot, uh, lot going on, a lot to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee today. One of the things we wanted to share with you is a special guest joining us here on the program this morning, Edward Dowd. Edward is the author of Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And of course, we've all been shocked to see headlines of Young athletes uh, dropping on the basketball courts, on the track and field fields, on football, uh, in, in football stadiums. A lot of young folks have uh, suddenly uh, passed away un- inexplicably. A lot of things going on. We don't know exactly why this is, but clearly there is a spike in unexplained deaths. A lot of us have our suspicions related to the vaccine, but I wanted to bring Edward on. Edward is, I said, the author of Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 22. He joins us here on Saturday morning coffee to talk about a literally earth-shaking increase in deaths of 40 percent. Uh, within the time period uh, experienced, as the book notes, even a 10% increase in excess deaths would have been a one in 200 year event. Uh, but this, uh, in the time period since the pandemic and the release of the mRNA vaccines, uh, we've seen a 40% spike. And it's inexplicable, folks, or at least there seem to be some folks who don't really want it to be explained, but the data. Uh, is compelling. So, uh, Edward, thanks for joining us here on uh, Saturday Morning Coffee. Reese, thanks for having me on. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So, I think a lot of us are really concerned. Um, we've had guests uh, on the program. Of course, we follow many of the frontline doctors. We talk about that here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Uh, we've had Warner Mendenhall on the show, who is a uh, an attorney who's uh, leading the fight uh, to respond to vax injuries and and sort of the 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 response, the problems generated by the response. Many of us feel that the problems uh, generated by the response to the pandemic were perhaps more damaging than the pandemic would have been if just left uh, to, to its own devices. But uh, you've written a, a, an interesting book about a, a a leap in unexplained deaths. Tell us how what brought you to the subject, and and tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh, I wrote the book, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Death in 21 and 22. I'm a uh, Wall Street executive, uh, managed a $14 billion fund for BlackRock for 10 years. And my job was to analyze trends and get ahead of uh, my peers and make money for my clients. And part of that job was to identify newly emerging trends. And in early 2021, I started hearing anecdotes of strange uh, injuries and deaths on the island of Maui and on the mainland amongst some of my friends that were not occurring in 2020. I had a suspicion, and as time rolled on, I found databases with uh, some of my partners, uh, and we uh, looked at insurance company results, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Eventually, we started looking at um, excess deaths in all of Europe, Germany, U.K., Australia. And uh, what we found that was the most interesting was that in 2020, it was mostly old people that died uh, from covid and then there was a mixed shift in excess death uh, to young people, primarily millennials, which started to uh, have excess death that went off the chart. Uh, in the Society of Actuaries, which is a uh, industry group for insurance companies, they reported uh, last year in August that for 2021, they 
their uh, their industry in the group life segment. This, these are policies that are given to employees of Fortune 500 and mid-sized companies. They experience 40% excess death for the ages 25 through 64, and specifically uh, millennials 25 through 44 experience a very very dramatic increase in excess death to 84% above trend in the third quarter of 2021. We all know what happened there. There were mandates and uh, and that's when a lot of the millennials decided to keep their job, and we saw we saw a sudden increase in their deaths. And this continues in 2023. Unfortunately, um, we've identified three buckets of of, of problems with the, what we believe is the vaccine. If it's not, it needs to be explained. It's uh, deaths, excess deaths, disabilities, and injuries. And we've estimated about uh, 30 million Americans. Uh, mostly employed, have been uh, either injured, disabled, or died. 30 million. Yeah, about 30 million, 28.9. When we round up, it's called 30. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a pretty big number. Let me, let me ask a question which folks may not understand. Edward, how do you define, obviously, in any given year, if nothing out of the ordinary happens, a lot of Americans will die because death is part of the process and people are being born every day and people are dying every day of completely natural um, and expected causes. Uh, how do you define an excess death for purposes of this discussion? Sure. So uh, you can uh, go back historically, look at uh, the long-term trends, and uh, the Society of Actuaries uses a five-year average. We uh, at Finance Technologies, my firm, we use um, a, a population-adjusted five-year average. And so you get, you get normal baseline trend, uh, and deaths are very predictable. That's why insurance companies love to write policies, because they uh, figure this out and make a ton of money. So uh, when you go above normal trend line, there's a, you can go 5%, 6%, 10%, 20%. Just to give you some idea of what a 10% uh, excess mortality rate above t- normal trend uh, for millennials, 25 through 44. Uh, one insurance executive described just a 10% increase as a once in a 200 year flood. Uh, 40%, he said, was off the chart. So these numbers, young people are not supposed to die, especially those employed at Fortune 500 and mid sized companies because they have access to the best health care. Um, there is, you know, there's deaths in that age group. Uh, but you know they're they, they're usually accidental, uh, uh, and 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 or uh, other other causes that aren't sudden. And this and we're seeing sudden death in this age group out of nowhere. Hmm. And so obviously that's as you said it's a it's a healthy cohort demographically speaking, and that's why you can go to many any number of providers as a young person buy term life insurance to protect your family. Uh, for a reasonable amount of money, because you're not supposed to die, as you said, it's a very unusual event. Um, does that does that mean that the Society of Actuaries are revising the mortality tables, or that they see a spike? Is it is it actually changing life expectancy and the way life insurance gets written? Is, is it affecting the price of life insurance? How is it? How are the? How is this data affecting uh, just the business of life insurance at the moment, or is it? So. So uh, group life policies are contracts written with corporations and are, and are bigger, bigger mid-sized companies. And they usually have a duration of one to three years. So the ones that have been expiring, my contact, very senior executive in the insurance industry, told me that they're repricing up. So they're already raising prices for uh, these group life policy 
uh, uh, instruments. What, what, what's interesting is I asked this person, has, has the vaccine been discussed? And there's still a lot of denial. A year ago, it wasn't even allowed to be brought up as a subject, but now there's discussions internally that maybe we start to need to think about the vaccine. So they're pricing, they're pricing insurance policies up. They haven't changed their long-term life expectancy rates or their long-term mortality rates. If they do, uh, they're going to take huge underwriting losses because they have what are called whole life policies, which are policies written for rich individuals that take out, you know, one to $10 million insurance policies. Mm -hmm. And those are not repriced up because those contracts were were entered into previously. And if they have to change their long-term mortality assumption, uh, it's going to cause massive uh, write-offs in the insurance industry. And they're, they're, they're slow to do that. These, they look at long-term numbers, but these numbers that we're seeing are not coming back down to normal, meaning we're not returning to normal baseline death rates. We're still running 23% excess uh, mortality for millennials right now as, as I speak to you. That's the latest inside uh, info that I got from the Society of Actuaries. Wow. Uh, fascinating discussion, uh, Edward. I wanted to take ask you a couple more questions. we got to run to a quick commercial break. Can you hang with us through a quick break, and we'll be right back? Absolutely. Great, folks. We're talking to Edward Dowd. Edward is the author of Calls Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Death in 2021 and 22. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Do not leave town. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Hope you're enjoying some of that fine One Nation coffee this morning or some other fine coffee. Thanks for joining us here on The Big Show. Uh, We're talking to Edward Dowd. Edward is the author of Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And Edward, while I'm at it, where can folks find the book? Can they find it on Amazon? They can find it on Amazon, GuyHorsePublishing.com as well. Excellent. And uh, very interesting. I've read uh, snippets from it. you got a lot of interesting data in here. It's a very, you know, I just wonder if the data is so compelling that at some point it, it will lead us to the truth. You know, we like to say in the law, facts are stubborn things. And you wonder if we're ultimately going to have some recognition of the truth. Hey, we made some mistakes here. This, you know, this was not, this was not good. Warp speed may not have been the best idea. Do you, what, is the truth going to out, in your opinion? Yes, I believe there's a, what I call the vaccine event horizon where some event in the next three to six months is going to break this open into the mainstream. I did go before Senator Ron Johnson in December in Washington to talk about what I thought was going on. We had a national security problem because of it. Uh, I did go down to Australia in June. Some MPs have contacted me. I'm working with them to, to help them with some of their data. We determined in Australia that whatever their health care response was, it's caused more excess deaths every year since 2020. They had minus 2% excess deaths in 2020, plus 4% in 21, and now uh, 16% in 2022. So 
you know, for, forget whether I'm right about the vaccines. Whatever Australia did was a disaster, and it needs to be explained. Yeah. And I'm working now with some uh, two state senators in, in a state uh, uh, in the Midwest. I don't want to name the states. I don't want to get them in trouble, but they're uh, two very powerful state senators, and that they're trying to hold a hearing, and I might go down for that. So things are starting to move. Uh, this is a, this is a serious problem that's being suppressed by the mainstream media uh, and, and 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 our health authorities because forget whether I don't it wasn't in the room whether it was done on purpose or a mistake doesn't matter at this point it's a cover up and the, the longer we go without the truth coming out the more people unfortunately will be harmed or injured or die. Yeah. Now you mentioned in the first segment we were discussing the matter with you. You mentioned that y'all had identified as of twenty twenty three twenty eight point nine total events, excess death, disabilities, and injury. How does that break down among the categories? So deaths, we estimate about three hundred thousand excess deaths in twenty one and twenty two from the vaccine. That's a, an estimate, and it's, we think it's conservative and low. Disabilities, we estimated about 1.36 million in, in the U.S., and then injured is about 26.6 million, which presents as chronically sick and ill and missing work. That shows up in the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics data, where work time loss has exploded in 2022 to a, a, a standard deviation above a 20-year trend of uh, uh, 12. And 12 standard deviations, if somebody that, that, that doesn't know what that means, Three standard deviations happen 0.3% of the time. So 12 is what we call a black swan event or a significant trend change. So whatever's going on, there's a lot of individuals in the U.S. who are chronically ill, missing work. And do you, where do you see these numbers headed in the future? Do you think these excess deaths will continue to, to, to you know, is there a new normal, or is this going to resolve itself as as perhaps people back away from the vaccine over time? How do you see that that playing out? So I was hoping because booster uptake last year went way way down, so that no one's taking the vaccines anymore, the, the mRNA vaccines. Unfortunately, there may be some indication of medium term problems and maybe long term because. In the months of May and June, we saw uh, disabilities in the U.S. go up another 1.2 million in just two months. And we hit a high in September of 2022 of 33.2 million disabled Americans. That was up from a four-year average of about 30 in only a short 18 months. It started in February of 21. And then the good news was, and I was hopeful that, you know, the the disabilities were kind of going sideways. The number wasn't going up, but it wasn't going down. Then we just uh, broke out again to new all-time highs in just two months. So something seems to be going on right now within the population, and uh, we're concerned. Yeah, well, well, it's a fascinating book. I was, uh, I was, the data you present about the change, the mix, the shifting of the mix uh, in 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 fatalities toward millennials. You know, it's it's you you would expect. Uh, older folks typically are going to be more prone, uh, but there's there's really it's it's alarming. It's alarming data, and I think over time, people will have to recognize this is not this is not this is not normal. This is not usual, and I don't think the media can ignore this problem indefinitely. I agree with you. What what what's interesting is when I first uh, reported this phenomenon of, of uh, a mixture from old to young, the media denied it and said I was lying. I was fact checked by Reuters and AP. The new spin is yes, it is occurring, but it's uh, it's it's 
anything but the vaccine. They use a, a myriad of uh, different excuses, but they never touch the, uh, the golden rail known as the vaccine. Yeah. Well, that's uh, to be expected, I guess. But it's like we said earlier, facts are stubborn things. I think you can hide from it to a point. But at some point, I think the truth must out. The truth has to out. And uh, so, uh, Edward, any, any final thoughts you wanted to share with our listeners? Uh, you know, I think um, what the good news is, is that this issue is uh, slowly working its way through the population. That word of mouth is spreading. Uh, I use our own website traffic at financetechnologies.com as an indication. When we launched the site in uh, October, November of last year, um, it started to slowly grow in views, and it hit a million views in the month of July. 330,000 of those views came in the month of July. So there seems to be um, a word-of-mouth phenomenon. And uh, as the numbers get bigger and bigger, unfortunately, it's, it's harder and harder for uh, the media and the government authorities to hide this. So it, it, it is spreading, and there's hope that this issue is going to come to a head soon. Well, I'll tell you, you've got some compelling data that you've assembled in this book. I want to thank you and your fellow researchers for, for putting it out there. It's a, it's a compelling case, and I hope, uh, I hope folks will read it, check it out, and I hope uh, that folks, as you encourage in your, in your, um, in your book, to stand up. Don't, don't just let this issue continue to be ignored. It's real. The data speaks for itself. Something has happened, and we've got to, we've got to continue to press the issue until until we get some kind of resolution and acknowledgement that what what has happened is is this is not nature this is not this is not normal this is very abnormal and it's a it's a problem well thank you for having me on i appreciate your time today yes encourage folks to check it out edward dowd the book is calls unknown the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 22 edward thanks for joining us here on saturday morning coffee come back anytime folks we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more i'm reese boyd don't leave town left me in my tears to Below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark. But it knows his way around, and the mazes of the underground are no match for him. But it looks just like a traveler. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is Saturday Morning Coffee for Saturday. August the 12th. Thanks for sticking with us here on The Big Show. wanted to remind folks, Glenn, in case they haven't picked up on the fact yet, Saturday Morning Coffee has downshifted to a one-hour format. We were calling it Saturday Morning Coffee Light, Light. Yeah. but uh, I think it's more the espresso version yeah. of Saturday Morning Coffee, Glenn. Just a quick uh, yeah. a quick hit, and we were, I think you and I uh, this summer were both in need of a little uh, downshifting, and so we've downshifted Saturday Morning Coffee to a one-hour format, but we hope you guys are continuing to enjoy uh, the show and and continue to send us your comments, your suggestions for show topics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever we can do to make the show better. A lot of the comments we get, uh, Glenn, are more live shows and just keep doing what you are doing. So we appreciate the good, uh, the good uh, stuff. Also, want to remind you folks, uh, the email address for the show is smc at gmail.com smc at gmail.com you can also follow the show the twitter handle for the show is at reeseboyd i guess it's on x the x handle 
for the show is at Reese Boyd. If you follow the show on Twitter, on X, you will also get an update anytime a podcast version of the show is posted. You can also call the office of Davis and Boyd anytime you want to chat with us about uh, legal needs or the show topic. Anything you want to chat about, you need to let us know. 843-839-9800. That's the day job, normal business hours for uh, Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. Speaking of law, Glenn, there are a couple of legal items in the uh, bucket that I've been carrying around that we have not dealt with. wanted to share with you. You know, we don't talk a lot about legal items on the show always, but there have been some interesting things. You know, we do a lot of estate work, a lot of estate disputes uh, at uh, Davis and Boyd. And uh, one of the things that I noticed lately is there was a dispute that just got resolved uh, related to the estate of Elvis Presley. Did you hear about that? You know, I did not. Tell Priscilla, me more. Priscilla and Lisa Marie, the Lisa Marie Presley estate, there was some uh, amendments to a will. It says a settlement has been reached. This from the Los Angeles Times. Settlement has been reached in a family dispute over the will of the late Lisa Marie Presley, daughter of Elvis. Lawyers told a Los Angeles judge uh, this was actually back in May when this occurred, but it was... Uh, a settlement for which the terms were not disclosed, subject to court approval. Deal involves a dispute between Priscilla Presley when she raised a challenge to the validity of an amendment to the will of Lisa Marie Presley, her late daughter. Everyone is happy, said Priscilla's attorney. After the hearing, uh, the judge uh, said, uh, oh, it was August 4. That was the date that the uh, hearing was approved, actually. That was the date where the, the settlement was approved. And um, the uh, Dispute related to um, yeah, that's my question. What, what were they related to a supposed amendment to the will? Right. Who was going to control the estate? And Lisa uh, Marie had a fair amount of authority to control Graceland and the other and a lot of Elvis's uh, primary, you know, sort of intellectual property and personal property. So it's a lot of lot at stake. And and these uh, we see a lot in in, in our practice. Um, you know, folks will come in and do a will, and they will make an amendment to it but you can't just handwrite an amendment to a will right. it doesn't work you if you're going to amend a will you've got to get in touch with your attorney and go back and go through the same testamentary formalities that go into a a, a an original will right and so now that we, we have something called a personal property memorandum which allows you to delegate personal property to particular individuals you can do that in your own handwriting right. but at least in south carolina you can't just sit down and write a will which no, a lot of people don't you, know you would have to have it re um uh, signed and re- notarized, notarized and witnessed, and all that according witnessed, to yeah. yeah, according to the requirements of the South Carolina Probate Code. Another uh, case that made attention lately. This was uh, from July. Jury rules handwritten will found under Aretha Franklin's couch Ouch. cushion yeah, yeah. is a valid last will and testament. A jury in Michigan has ruled that a note handwritten by the late soul singer Aretha Franklin is valid as her last will. Of course, another huge dispute. Large. Uh, estate involving a lot of income-producing a music library, a lot of income-producing assets that will continue to produce income for many years to come, right. and a huge amount of money in dispute. But the uh, it all turned on a will that they found under a cushion, right, in the couch, in her handwriting, <laughs> in her handwriting. Yeah. Now that held up in Michigan, but just a little uh, Im- yeah. important safety note, folks: you can't do that in South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, most states that are as South Carolina is, based on the uh, Uniform Probate Code, will not recognize a handwritten will. So if you have a handwritten will, you might want to go talk to an attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, attorney generally, a, uh, in a lot of states, handwritten wills, including South Carolina, are not valid, even if it's, you know, 
Are, there any, are there any attorneys you would recommend? Well, if they want to call us at Davidson Boyd, we'll be happy to talk to them. Fancy that. A lot going on. Also, uh, Glenn, we were talking earlier in the show about climate change and the the uh, alarmism that goes on and the threat of climate change. And the being, weaponization. The weaponization. Excellent. Thank you. Um, interesting, uh, an interesting term to use, but it's totally uh, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting piece from John Stossel this week came out August 9th on the Daily Signal. He said... Uh, Climate, uh, excuse me, scientific consensus on climate change was manufactured. Imagine that. Mm. John Stossel is the creator of uh, Stossel TV videos, author of No They Can't, Why Government Fails, Where Individuals Succeed. He says, we're told that climate change is a crisis and that there is overwhelming scientific consensus. How many people, I'm reminded of Dr. Fauci, I am science. They hide behind this label of these PhDs and these degrees mm-hmm. and science, but they don't know what they're talking don't about. Don't mess with science. Don't mess with science. No. Don't mess with Bill Nye, the science guy. But they're using that as a crutch to a cudgel mm-hmm. to tell you how to run your life and to take away your freedom and your liberty. It's a manufactured consensus, says climate scientist Judith Curry. She says scientists have, imagine this, Glenn, you're going to be shocked. An incentive to exaggerate risk in order to pursue, these are her words, fame and fortune. She knows that because she wants herself spread alarm about climate change. Media loved her when she published a study that seemed to show a dramatic increase in hurricane intensity. You remember that a couple of years ago? I do. When they said climate change leading to more frequent and more intense hurricanes. Right. And the fires. Got a lot of flooding. A lot of publicity, front page on a lot. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, they said, we found that a percentage of Category 4 hurricanes had doubled, said Curry. This was picked up by the media. Then the climate alarmist realized, oh, here is a way to do it. Tie extreme weather events to global warming. See, this this hysteria is your fault, I tell her. Not really, she smiles. They would have picked on it anyways. But uh, Curry's more intense hurricanes gave the climate alarmist in the media fuel. It was adopted by environmental advocacy groups. The alarmist, I was treated like a rock star, Curry says, flown all over the place to meet with politicians. But then some researchers pointed out gaps in her data. Yeah. Go figure. Years with low levels of hurricane. Like a good scientist, I investigated, says Curry. She realized that the critics were right. Part of it was bad data. And part of it is, uh, imagine this, (laughs) natural climate variability. Yeah. How many times have we said that? Look, you're going to have hot years, you're going to have warm years. The climate is varied. Curry was the unusual researcher who looked at the criticism of her work and actually said, hey, these guys have a point. So she's now saying, hey, this is stuff is, is uh, in many ways manufactured. The consensus is a manufactured consensus. And climatologists, scientists, are, believe it or not, incentivized, Glenn, to be alarmist about this. I would like to be a climatologist. And in the same way... It sounds familiar, folks, because you've heard it before, in the same way that hospitals were incentivized to cook the data by telling people, reporting deaths as COVID-related, if anybody in the building had COVID at the time the individual passed away. Financial and other incentives, cooking the books, cooking the data. We see it time and time again. I remember, Glenn, I was at a political event a couple of years ago, speaking at an event, and, and, and the subject of climate change came up and I gave what I considered to be a very reasoned 
position on the matter, which is, look, we have warm years, we have cooler years, we have cycles, we have ups and downs. There are swings in any natural occurrence. Mm -hmm. It's going to be subject to some level of randomness and some level of unpredictability. I mean, they can't predict what's going to happen next Tuesday. So you're telling me that they can tell us exactly what the temperature and how many predictions have we read over the years? Start with Greta Thunberg oh, yeah, the end to of Allen yeah. to Al Gore. Yeah. Um, we've got, I mean, to the many things that AOC has said, we've got six months to fix this or the or it's over. I can just look back on 1979, our yeah. graduation ceremony on June 9th. It was the hottest day of the year yeah. in years. And we had this June, it was not that hot. So I mean, we're going back a lot of years with heat. I merely said when I was giving this talk to this group, I said, look, the climate the climate does change. Yes, it fluctuates. It's not a constant. But the data, the science, is not settled on this question. We've right. got more years of study to do before yeah. we conclude that the Earth is over, that it's game over. It's not game over. The science is not conclusive. And they, these folks looked at me, Glenn, what? You don't believe in climate change? I mean, it was there was like a religious fervor in their eyes. It was unbelievable. And I just see folks who have taken this as an article of faith. It's not, it's not an intellectual matter. It is a matter of faith. It's no less a matter of faith than any other uh, item of faith that, that, that somebody else would believe in. It's, it's crazy. So anyway, a lot more to talk about. Folks, we've got uh, Victor Davis Hanson wrote a great piece um, on his website about the ongoing um, revolution that is remaking America. Unfortunately, we don't have time to get to it today. We'll save that back in the stack, Glenn, for a future episode. Still adjusting to the increased tempo of the espresso version of Saturday Morning Coffee, but hope you guys will check out um, One Nation Coffee. Check out our friends over at Conway Ford. Also, want to remind you guys that we have a giveaway. It's ongoing. We've still got a prize basket of uh, Saturday morning coffee, One Nation coffees to give away, along with some tickets uh, to the Asher Theater. So if you'll send us an email, we still have that giveaway pending. It's smc at gmail.com. If you'll send that to us, we will get you in the hopper, and we will do that giveaway on the next show. So check us, uh, uh, shoot us a note, smc at gmail.com, and we will get that, uh, we'll get your name in the drawing. I want to leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Folks, that's Pro- that's uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. And that's Saturday morning coffee for this Saturday. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week. Thanks for waking up with Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.